You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I, I made it through the intro without laughing. You should be I'm proud of me. I was just going to say, 24 hours after I call you out on it, that is the most, I, like... I practice. That's the truth. Yeah, I, the, I actually practice. There was not a mouthful of laughter, it sounded like, that I, that you're coming through. So, congratulations, Marcus, thank you, on all thank your you, success. Thank you. It's only taking me, like, 65 episodes, but that's all right. Yeah, that's it. That's fine. Uh, uh, this Wednesday Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Just use the promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag. On today's show, we are going to talk about the offense from the All-22 film that we watched today. Uh, we're going to talk about Dak, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Cole Beasley, a little bit of the offensive line, and a few other little things. So let's jump right into it. Um, I wanted to kind of open up talking about the most important player on this offense, Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, we posted a ton of videos and stuff all day on Twitter about how great he is. And uh, Monday we posted stats about how great great of a start he is off to. Um, But one thing I wanted to touch on today, and this isn't something that gets picked up by a lot of people, and they don't talk about it a lot, but... Dak's pocket movement is one of the most impressive things about his game. And uh, allow me to explain that really quickly. When I'm watching young quarterbacks, the very first thing I'm looking at is, are they comfortable in the pocket? Anybody can be comfortable in the pocket. Well, almost anybody can be comfortable when there's no pressure. But when there's people around his feet, uh, when there's you know five or six rushers, how does he handle that pressure? Is Do his eyes drop? Uh, does he move backwards? And, and that's really the first sign that I look for. Does a, does a quarterback move backwards when there's pressure? Or does he move up or side to side to avoid that pressure? Dak on Sunday didn't have a ton of pressure, but the Chiefs blitzed him fairly often in this game. And he never panicked. He moved side to side. There was a couple times that he stepped right up in the pocket, drilled the throw. It's just one thing that when you're watching football every single Sunday, you notice there's not very many quarterbacks that have that same type of pocket presence that Dak has. And Cowboy fans have been spoiled because that was it, later on in Tony Romo's career, that was one of his strengths was knowing how to maneuver in the pocket without having to drop his eyes. So I just wanted to throw that out there really quickly and see what you thought because it, anytime I'm watching Prescott, that's one of the most impressive things that I'm seeing on film. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll even take it a step further because I, I I might even disagree with you a little bit that I think that some quarterbacks even have a hard time in a in a soft pocket. So uh, I think that um, you know when 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 you have a team not in a soft pocket but but in in a clean pocket, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that at times, like especially if there's issues where. Um, you know, you're waiting on people to get open. And I'll give you an example in the game, you know, where 
uh, on one of those big third down conversions. I think the big 22-yarder to Dez, the one that converted the third and 15, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, Dak had a clean pocket, and I know that sometimes that, you know, obviously it seems like, well, a clean pocket is is means everything goes perfect. But sometimes you'll see young quarterbacks get in there and they'll get happy feet. And and a lot of times they'll 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 they don't know what to do with a clean pocket because it's 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 uh you know they if they don't see anybody open and they still have a clean pocket they'll just take off because they 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 you know it's not working the play didn't work out but but someone like Dak and you know the great ones will just sit there and and spend their time in the pocket as long as they can and that's ultimately what we're talking about is how long can your quarterback stay in the pocket. Uh, allowing the wide receivers to move around and get open because uh, and, and one of the things that Romo used to talk about uh, was Tom Brady and his and his quiet feet and and what I think you see with 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 Dak at times when even in a clean pocket is is you know when when he doesn't need to necessarily run sometimes he will just stop his feet and wait or, or slow down his feet and just wait for something to develop because he doesn't need to be in a hurry and 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 only needs and only will run. When uh, you know when he absolutely is forced to, or, or when all pot passing options are finally exhausted, which again, that's the difference between him and maybe a lot of other running quarterbacks, and that's really the the next step in the evolution of these kind of athletic quarterbacks, running quarterbacks is. Can they do that? Can they stay in a pocket? Can they maneuver around in the pocket? Because that's a whole different skill set than being athletic and running with the football. But can they stay in the pocket and wait on uh, routes to develop down the field, receivers to get open, and and deliver the ball uh, in the situations that you know are gonna you're gonna be faced like later on in the season in the playoffs when games are tight and you need to throw the ball to win. Yeah, so last night, right before the Packer line game came on, uh, I was watching Prescott and you know writing down some of these notes, and then Brett Hundley came on my TV, and within the first <laughs> quarter of that game, you can basically tell Hundley's not going to be able to figure this out because he's retreating out of clean pockets. Now, I don't know, uh, maybe he cleans it up, but this is a perfect example for Dak. When he got here, uh, you saw right away in week one against the Giants, who had a, a fantastic front this in, in 2016 Dak wasn't bailing out of those pockets and I don't know if this is something that you coach or is it just a natural thing that kind of comes with some of these quarterbacks but uh, it's one of the most impressive things that I've seen in Dak Prescott in his short NFL career so far but um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about in today's show so coming up we, we've got uh Offensive line talk, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. So make sure you guys stay tuned. And here's a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott a little bit because I looked at the stats from Sunday's game, and it says Ezekiel Elliott only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. And I was kind of shocked because it didn't feel that way when you're watching this game. Uh, it felt like... Zeke was having a fantastic day, and that's partly because of how often he had to get himself out of bad situations. And this is what I love about Ezekiel Elliott, and this is part of the reason I'll even say that I missed on the Elliott evaluation coming out of the draft was I I was not sure, I wasn't as confident that he could play this physical style of football in the NFL but right now, I don't think there's a better short yardage back in the NFL. 
I don't think there's a better running back after contact uh, in the entire league. So anytime the Cowboys need one, two, three yards, it's, it just seems like a lock he's going to get it. He's fantastic in the goal line. So I was just impressed in this game about how he was able to grind out those tough uh, yards in this contest. The Chiefs definitely committed more defenders in this uh, in the box than the, they did in the Steeler game or in the Raider game uh, in the previous couple of weeks. So impressed by Ezekiel Elliott. Any quick thoughts on Zeke and his ability to win in short yardage and in stack boxes? Yeah, I mean, I'll say that I think that going back and watching the the tape, you know, the the offensive line, you know, they didn't necessarily have their best day uh, run blocking, and um, and I I think that there was definitely times when, and 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 the reason that you could tell is ultimately. What you don't want is is a bunch of negative plays, and, and Zeke had more than I think you you would like uh, in the run game, and I think that he probably would have had even more than that if he wasn't Ezekiel Elliott. And there were definitely times when he got put into not great situations where he was you know because he was able to you know sidestep a guy or break a tackle with power or this way or that. Um, you know, was able to 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 get turned what should have been a negative play into uh, at least a one or two, and sometimes three or four yard gain. So, I think that um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he covers a lot of mistakes up. Um, that uh, that you know, and 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 it's not even that there's a ton of mistakes. It's just that you know, normally we just don't we don't have negative plays in the run game that's just something that the cowboys don't usually experience and that's that's pretty rare and and we did have them last game and that's that's not what our game you know that's not up to our the cowboys standard of ex, execution in the run game but but and can I, I jump but, in I real mean, quick there there was yeah. one play that they it was a toss to the left and he got hit in the backfield like probably yeah. 5 yards behind the line of scrimmage was able to shake off a defender and get I think he only lost 1 yard in the play. Yeah, now, I know the play. It, it, it's a 1 yard loss, but that very well probably should have been a 5 yard loss and a drive killer cuz you can't lose 5 yards on first down and expect to convert very often. So it's just yeah, those type I, of plays. Exactly. And that's the kind of thing that like it, that's the kind of thing that it was happening a little bit more than regular in Kansas City. But it probably would have been happening even more than it was if it wasn't for Ezekiel Elliott. So I mean, that's and ultimately, if if I was going to take away, you know, the one takeaway from uh, from the game, you know, that that that's kind of a, the negative takeaway, other than you know a momentary lapse of of aggressiveness uh, by the defense in, at the end of the half. Um, I think that the, the the one negative thing is that they need to get a little bit. They need to tighten up a little bit uh, in the in the run game because they they did let a little a couple of few too many free runners into the backfield. Specifically, linebackers me... that seem to be able to cut in through the backside pursuit uh, lanes and and uh, you know get a hold of Zeke before he could get started. So, it, but, uh, but but as I say, that's what makes me point. nervous though. When if Ellie is to miss games for the suspension. The negative runs are going to kill them more than the positive runs are probably going to help them. Well, I mean, I, that, I think that might be, <laughs> and I know this is a surprise. I think you might be exaggerating a little bit because I no. know, but I think it's. A, I know. Well, I, no, I, no. I mean, I'm serious I, though because if they get, in, I, I if they can't that, run on first down, they're going to be in trouble. I agree that you know. No, I agree that, but I, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't. I have more concerns about the random negative runs than than an inability to get consistently get you know how can i phrase this better i'm sorry i have i'm more concerned about them randomly 
um, not being able to overcome a, a, a linebacker making a great play and tackling them for a loss, and then that play potentially you know destroying a, a, a series, then I am worried about the the lack of ability to you know if all things go right to consistently get four yards of carry without or you know three three and a half to four yards of carry without Ezekiel Elliott. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the, that the cow, the, the problem is, is that without without Ezekiel Elliott, I think that they, the thing they're obviously going to miss the most, besides his well-rounded skill set and you know the ability to have him on the field for all situations, is that you know he could break the big play at any time, which you don't necessarily have any one particular guy who could do it like he does. And the like, like I just mentioned, the ability of Ezekiel Elliott to on certain situ- certain plays cover up. Uh, you know, cover up a, a, a bad play or or a, a a bad play by the offensive line or or an incredible play by the defense, uh, and and make it into a, a at least a positive play. All right, let's move on to our next topic. You had a couple notes on the Cowboys uh, RPOs and some of the different variations that they're using off this. So, talk to me about some of your notes from the game that you noticed here on the RPOs. Well, actually, it was. It's sorry. This is my confusion if I misworded, but it's actually more on the zone read stuff. I'm sorry, uh, because okay. no, no, no. The, but there is there was some uh, RPO stuff. I will note that there was an interesting RPO situation where um, it seemed like when they got down into the red zone, it was on the first Beasley had touchdown. Was the first Beasley touchdown the one where he had he uh, ran kind of a slant and he had to jump up and get it a little yep. bit? Yep. Okay. So so on that play. Um, they, it was kind of their similar RPO as like a I, it's, I think it was a second level RPO where they were reading the linebacker who was on the left side and then split out wide was Des Bryant and the I think the idea was uh, originally was they were going to read that linebacker to see whether he dropped uh, into the flat to cover um, Des who was running a, a a slant basically right yep. so the idea is that if he comes down to try to attack the run you throw it over his head to Des for a touchdown uh, and if he does it then you hand it off to Zeke who runs for a touchdown so um, the the ultimately the problem was is that Kansas City did got a little bit tricky and they forced the pass by having the linebacker pursue to the uh, pursue to Zeke but then they uh, immediately had the safety at that moment fly as fast as he could to Dez's direction um, in order to, you know, kind of rotate and, and, and try to, you know, pick off Dax Reed, basically. And because, and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of an automatic situation. So, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of just, you know, not even thinking about it, just throwing the ball. So, um, uh, and, I, and, I, and what ultimately happened is that Dak took the time to get to his second read, which was Beasley on the backside. And since there was no one in the middle of the field anymore because the safety had left to go to, you know, swing over to, to take away the Dez throw, uh, it was a pretty easy pitch, pitch and catch. But on the zone read stuff, what they started to do now is they started to incorporate a little bit more of the split zone aspect of it where you see Witten coming across the formation. And then the, the, the kind of interesting wrinkle from that is that on the keeper, when when uh, when – when Dak decides not to hand it off to Zeke, 
Witten is also kind of instead of just running a split a traditional split where he, uh, split zone trap block where he basically comes across formation and just you know blocks the edge, he turns it back up field and it turns it into like an arc release block and starts blocking down the field. So that's why we we keep seeing Witten downfield in front of of Dak uh, on these keepers is because they're kind of adding in this variation where he can act as a uh, as a trap blocker in the split zone, if they hand it off to Zeke, or he can act as the arc, you know, arc release blocker and lead blocker for Dak if he decides to do the QB keeper, which I thought was a really kind of cool uh, addition. That kind of, and then on top of that, just real quick, they added in a speed option, which Tony. Yes, um, I loved it. Which which Tony uh, uh, pointed out. So I think that that's you know was really super useful in the uh, third and one uh, uh, like situation. And you know, and I think it'll be useful in the future. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of variations that they can use in the speed option if they decide to go that way. Because I would love to be able to, you know, almost make it a triple option in the sense of you can hand the ball off to Zeke, or maybe it becomes an option outside with you know Switzer and Prescott. So I I, I think the potential is is phenomenal with that play. I'm I'm curious to see if the Cowboys add to it. Um, really quickly, I've kind of one last thought on Beasley before we move on to the offensive line. Uh, again, this was a Cole Beasley day, two touchdowns. It kind of broke out from a little bit of a slump that he had early in the year. Uh, but I want to talk kind of about Switzer and Beasley's game because I know a lot of people when the Cowboys drafted Switzer kind of assumed that they're the same type of player. They're they're both small, white receivers that play in the slot. So everybody thinks those guys are all identical between, you know, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, all, the list goes on and on. Um, but to me, they're totally different players. Uh, I, I think Switzer's going to have a really good career in Dallas. I think he's going to become a, a nice slot receiver in the NFL. Um but he just isn't the same athlete that Cole Beasley is. And you saw it on the touchdown play. The first one, I mean, that was that was a ball that was thrown higher than uh, Beasley is used to catching a ball. And, I mean, Beasley made it look like it was no problem at all. He's an explosive athlete, and you can see it after the catch. And that's why Beasley is so good at making that first defender miss is he's so much more explosive than I think any cornerback expects. I mean, this is a guy that has a 40-inch vertical. I mean, there's numerous videos of him dunking basketballs out there. So uh, don't be so um, – I, I, I just don't think people understand how good Cole Beasley is. And I don't. Th- I think everybody thinks that that position is replaceable and that Switzer's going to come right in and do, a, do a just as good of a job as Beasley does. Beasley is an underappreciated player in this Cowboys offense. So I just wanted to go on that little vent. So really quickly, any thoughts on Beasley? Uh, no, I mean, I think that I think you got it right. I think that um, that ultimately they are different different athletes, even though you know they it, they look alike. You know, in that mm. sense, I mean, that ones that you know the the short, uh, quick, uh, you know, white guys. Um, but I, I think that. You know, and I think a lot of what Beasley does and, and what makes him special, even though he is uh, extremely athletic and and um, in, in what he does, I, I think that one of the things that really makes him special is is his football IQ and, and and his ability to kind of run option routes and know how to set up his routes and and we just don't know that Beasley knows how to do. I mean that uh, Switzer knows how to do Switzer, that yeah. yet. So and and I think so. I, I think that ultimately, you know, what we're going to see is. 
you know, Switzer's going to grow into that role, and he'll and he'll play that position probably a little bit. I mean, slightly different than sure. than Beasley eventually, and, and we you know we'll different see, players, but, but different skill but sets. But I agree. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, I think we've seen it now a little bit. I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's that he's as short area quick as Beasley is, um, or at least not right now. And um, and it'll be interesting to see exactly you know what kind of player he necessarily in, ends up developing into. But uh, I think that, that that he definitely has the ability to play that slot position really really well. Um, is he going to end up being that guy that they want as the you know reverse? Um, you know the kind of lucky whitehead role. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I, I think I haven't loved what we, I've seen so far with it. So I don't know that ne- that's necessarily. He's just not be the same athlete thing. that Lucky is. And yeah, that's fine. They're just I mean, different players. It's yeah, they're different players. I just don't know that that's his best skill set. But I do think he will eventually grow it to fit really well into that slot spot um, and take over that spot from Beasley eventually. But I don't know that that's happening anytime soon. I think that's the thing is I think. Beasley has a skill set and, and a and a you know a savvy to him that is earned, and that's and Switzer's not close there yet. Yeah, and when I think of that kind of the jet sweep uh, gadget type of player, I think of some great athletes like Tavon Austin and Cordero Patterson and Tyreek Hill. Uh, I just don't think Switzer's that kind of athlete. I think they might have to if they really want that kind of guy, they might have to go out and get um, a player there, but. I, I just I'm not sure that there's if it warrants them using a roster spot for one or two plays a game. But let's pause so we can tell you about today's sponsor of the show, which is my bookie. My bookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat you're making money for doing absolutely nothing, and they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% cash bonus. Just use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's move on to the offensive line. Um, any quick thoughts on the Cowboys' offensive line in this game? What did you see from their unit on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like I mentioned before, it wasn't necessarily um, their best uh, uh, run-blocking effort. I mean, I, but I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were getting a, you know, and Romo pointed it out right before we got it start got started, didn't he? Is that they basically saw a completely different um, defense um, than what we uh, than what we uh, what we they probably had seen on tape. You know, I think that, that they saw a lot more of a a stout group out there uh, versus the run, and I think that um, once they did that, it, it kind of allowed some of these. Uh, uh, you know, bigger guys that they have on their team to kind of play some more. I mean, they've got some guys, some big guys, or some good big guys that 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 are, are talented, like Chris Jones and uh, 
and Benny Logan, who, you know, for years gave Cowboys issues uh, for the Eagles. So um, we were all thrilled when he left the, the, the division and he ended up playing, going to a team that we ended up playing the next year. So um, I, 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 I think that uh, ultimately they, they, they had a good game and, and, and the, you know, I know that the, you're right that the yards per average isn't what we expect from the game. Um, but I think it was good enough to win, especially in, in a game like this. And, and I think that, uh, I think that ultimately they were able to, to control the clock and, 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 and that's what, that's what kind of was important to them. They were able to keep drives alive and, and again, except for some, you know, noticeable minus plays, the fact that they didn't have a a big run, a really, you know, a 15, I don't know that they had any run that was even more than 15 yards. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I, I mean, I think that, you know, they, it was a lot of positive runs without a lot of big runs. And then you, 11 you, from the yeah, running 11. backs. 11. Was, I, that, that is literally the number <laughs> that Morris. I had in my head, but I, I didn't want to say it. So yeah, it was out for Morris. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think that shows you, it's just like when you don't have a big run, and you uh, have a couple negative runs. Your, your yards per carry is not going to be great. But all you know, he had probably I think it was probably three or four negative runs, um, and then all the rest of them were anywhere between you know three and ten yards. So I, I, he, it wasn't that he had a bad day. It was just that he didn't have uh, uh, any big runs, and that combined that with, with some some negative plays, and, and it doesn't look as good. But I think when you watch what he did, you watch the tape and what 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 they were able to accomplish, despite incredible efforts, efforts that ultimately, you know, and I think this you know this goes back to our wide receiver one conversation is what 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 are what is the defense doing to try to stop you, and mm-hmm. and, and 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 how does that affect their ability to stop other aspects of what's going on. Like, cause that's ultimately you want to ask about what impact a player has, whether they're they in the game or out of the game. The, the impact is always to me measured by what is the off, what is the team that lost the player having to do to compensate for that loss? And then on the other side of it, what is the, the other team seeing that that player is there or not there having to do to compensate for that? Because that's ultimately, if you want to get down to what a va- the value of a player is, that's the real value of, of an NFL player is what their effect is to how a te- the team's opposing unit uh, reacts to your loss or addition onto the field. Yeah, and really quickly, kudos to Lyle Collins. He he had to go against Justin oh, Houston man. for most of the game. What a and listen, yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, Justin Houston does not get the same pub that Von Miller and Khalil Mack do, and I have no idea why. I, I don't know if it's because he plays in Kansas City. Because it's a small or, market. Yeah, small market yeah, what, thing. It's whatever be. it is. Yeah. But he – he is just as good, if not better. And Lyle, according to my charting at least, gave up one pressure uh, against Justin Houston. Did not give up a sack. For most of the day, he dominated him. So kudos to Collins. I think he's really growing as a player. I mean, significantly better than we saw in week one and two. I mean, significantly. So, And that was kind of the hope. And we talked about this all throughout the preseason is I don't care necessarily what Collins looks like in the first half of the season. I want to see what he looks like at the end of the season to see if the Cowboys made the right decision. And I think so far, I think you have to say that the Cowboys uh, made the right call and moving Collins out from guard to tackle. So any really quick thoughts on Collins before we head out? 
No, I think Collins looked really great, and I, I want to add that in the snaps that I saw too, I, I, I think Chaz Green looked really good too. I, I mean, oh. you know, for what he, what, where he was and, and what happened there. I think overall the, the offensive line played really, really, uh, really well, especially uh, when you consider the pass game. Uh, they need to clean it up in the run game because we just don't know what Zeke's situation is going to be, and it's going to need to be better if there's no Zeke. But overall, I, I do want to say I think the offensive line played a good game uh, against a really talented Chiefs team. All right, then I forgot about this. One last thing. Um, Tyron Smith, we're not sure if he's going to play yet on Sunday. It's kind of sounds like an iffy thing. I kind of doubt he's going to practice at all this week, um, but I think they'll probably leave it up to him at game day. If he cannot go, are you concerned about Chas Green at left tackle? I, I mean, obviously, at, like at that point, at this point, <laughs> We've seen what he is, um, and he's had six. You know, I have absolutely zero issues with putting Chaz Green on the field, whether it's at tackle or at guard. Um, Chaz Green, when he's on the field, if he makes it to the field, if he's on the field, I have no problem. It's any, it's you know, staying on the field. That's that's where the concern is. Um, being on the field enough to be relied on. That's the concern. But as long as he's playing and upright, I, I, his performance has always been pretty good, especially when it comes to game day. So, no, I don't necessarily have a Cross your fingers that they don't try to play Byron Bell at left tackle because uh, that might get ugly. But, all right, that's it for today's show. This edition of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie where they'll match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. We will be back on Thursday to preview the Cowboys or to review the Cowboys uh, defense using the All-22 film provided by NFL Game Pass. So make sure you guys come back. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. (laughs) 